Hello and welcome to You Really Shouldn't Have with me, James Warwick. The podcast where each episode I sit down with a different guest as we discuss their career and unwrap a story on the worst gift they've been given. Joining me on this episode are comedy duo Frisky and Manish. We talk all things comedy, music, parody, their brand new movie themed show Popcorn, and of course, they let me in on the worst gift they've ever been given. Laura, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you here. I am truly delighted. Thank you so much for having me. Not a problem at all. Now, because one half of Frisky and Manish, no Manish today, unfortunately. But it's, no Manish. But it's wonderful Sorry. to have you. No, it's okay. He's a busy man. And, uh, yes. it, it, but it's good to have you. So I wanted to start by asking, was performing in you know, music always a big interest from, from an early age? For, for both of you, I guess, you can answer on Manish's behalf. Uh, oh, this is delightful. I could entirely <laughs> rewrite his history in the next 20 minutes. This could be amazing. Uh, <laughs> was, it, was it always the dream? Was, was what you do now always the aspiration early on? Well, of course, Manish was raised by the circus. So uh, naturally, he, no, he wasn't at all remotely. Um, you know, but I saw, I mean, I slightly was in a way, actually, because my family trade is like shows, musicals and things. Um, so when I was growing up, my dad was sort of a leading man in the big musicals, the Evita and the Chess and oh, the Joseph wow. and all that sort of thing. Um, so I was sort of dragged up in the theatres of this country. And uh, um, But on the flip side, my mum was a mounted policewoman. So, you know, there was balance. <laughs> I always say, like, my dad taught me how to do makeup. And my mum taught me how to, like, drink and get on with, you know, men. Norm- yeah. It's very odd, odd role models in the situations, but it's, it seems to have gone well. <clears throat> Don't look at my life and make that judgment call. It's probably better wise to leave that one alone. Anyway, um, but yes, I so it was very much on the cards for me. It was either going to be that or horses. And I was very into the horses as well when I was little, but also very, you know, totally swallowed and enveloped by this very theatrical world also. And I found out later that my great, great, grandma and my great 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 aunt so my great and her sister they were like original tiller girls in the 1890s really and went did like the music halls and then went over to new york and like it was there so it's i mean it's in the dreams i had no choice basically and matthew i mean he's sort of he was very musical from a very young age i have to say um from what i understand but his family are absolutely in no way theatrical or <laughs> in that world even the slightest they used to run a post office and they are truly the most adorable people you'll ever meet who totally look at the world that we're in and what we do and just go right I think they're still waiting for him to sort of become an accountant or something proper you know they're not quite sure what all this is about um but yeah we were both very uh, we both sort of dived in feet first uh from from an early age I think from different angles and talking of that world that you, that you mentioned there, for anyone listening that isn't aware of your act or aware of you guys, explain. I mean, who are you? <laughs> firstly, explain where in, have you been? Explain in a nutshell for us what 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 Frisky and Manish is. So Frisky and Manish is the creation of myself and my partner Matthew Floyd Jones, and uh, it's essentially two people who um, just can't take themselves or anything particularly seriously. Um, taking a look at pop music and pop culture. So we, um, we've always sort of been what we'd call, I guess, pop parodists. So we take a look at pop music of the day and the pop stars of the day and do nonsense. But um, 
a lot of what we've often done is very inspired by mashups and that kind of thing. And we quite like to sort of not really change the words necessarily. You know, a lot of people do that fantastic rewriting yeah. lyrics. Um, we sort of prefer to leave the lyrics and change almost everything else um, because it can make you realize what the lyrics are actually saying, which can be quite interesting, uh, occasionally disturbing. Um, so that's always been our thing. Um, and most recently, we've broadened that out into the world of movies, which is what we're working on at the moment which is very exciting so you know go check us out find out all about it get on the friskier managed train absolutely and we'll get to the latest project a little bit later on but i wondered mm. in terms of your like song selection process how how does that work what, what's the what's the gist there how do you guys work out which songs you're gonna make your own shall we say that is well that's a very very good question i mean it, and it's very different each time so this mm. when we first started it was a beautiful golden age. It was, it was, you know, the sort of the Olympus era of humanity because there was nothing, everything was new. The world was new. We'd looked at nothing before. So we were all, all powerful deities able to dive into literally all of pop ever and just think what's great about so much of the stuff that we love. So we could be very sort of broad. Um, and there were definitely things that had always bothered us. And we finally had an opportunity to talk about it. So for instance, Matthew always had the thing that eternal flame is weird. Like the lyrics are deeply troubling. I watch you when you are sleeping. You belong to me. Yes. In the wrong voice, it's different and it's not okay. Um, so he he sort of flagged that, and then we sort of that broadens out into thinking actually, there's quite a lot of love songs that you know in, in, with the, with the you say the same thing with the twitchy eye, very different. You know, <laughs> I'll keep a part of you with me. Okay, not no. Don't like that. Um, and then like the other end of the spectrum, I always just found like, I don't know if anyone remembers the song, but there was a song by the Pussycat Dolls called Beep. Oh, yeah. There's one that goes, it's funny how man only thinks about the boop, got a real big boop, but I'm looking at your boop. And it all like just beeped out all these words. And I was like, this is this is mute. This is end of peer comedy. This is like a Blackpool, like turn of the century ridiculous thing uh, and so with that one we basically took the pussycat dolls and performed them as if it was turn of the century music hall Brilliant. um call it beep have a banana is our version um so we're essentially just uh you know we had these things that we were like oh we've got to deal with this because it really bothers me and then other times there's been more of a thing of like mm, i think we want to do something that's vaguely on the theme of something and then we're sort of desperately like googling and spotifying and youtubing anything that might be vaguely connected to that and just sort of diving into going into a, a rabbit hole of pop on a vague theme. We did a whole thing about sort of our third show was about um, work, like pop being uh, pop as a, as a viable career and helping people achieve a lifetime career in pop. So looking at any song that mentioned work and bringing all of that into it, which is, you know, a huge epic medley, which is another sort of thing we like to do. And then um, other times it'll just be, uh, we should do a knees up song. We should do a Cockney knees up song. What song's the funniest possible song to make a Cockney knees up? And then you have a thing where we're sitting down playing song after song after song in the style of a Cockney knees up. And also because we keep doing it over and over again, we're doing it, you know, with no joy in our souls by this time. We're going, mm, yeah, no, it doesn't quite work. No, let's try that again. Uh, oh, I am a whole heart. No, no, not that one. No, let's try something else. Um, it's quite a surreal process. And obviously the answer to that one, you'll be pleased to know, is, of course, Bruno Mars' 24 Karat Magic. 
No just way. Visual. Really? <laughs> oh, it's superb. Works spectacularly. It's on YouTube. You can find it. Put it in. And if we go back, how did you guys first come up with the idea for, for the project in the first place? How did how were Frisky and Manage born? I mean, like most things, purely accidentally. Yeah. Um, we were friends from university. We were sharing a flat in London. We were utterly convinced that now that we were ready to come into the world at age 22, the world was going to of course, going to roll out the red carpet and uh, we would begin our trajectory to stardom within weeks. Um, Astonishingly, this did not happen. I'm still not sure how or why, but uh, we were just sort of bumming around. I was doing lots of tutoring and working a very dodgy cash in hand job in a suit shop. And Matthew was working in a library. Um, And then a friend of ours just said, would you do a 20 minutes fundraiser I'm doing for a play? on the Battersea Barge, which if anyone knows, it is literally a barge in Battersea and it seats about 10. Um, and she said, oh, it's a music hall theme. Uh, have you got any music hall? We're like, no. Um, and then when we were looking through um, the music that we had, Matthew's an astonishing pianist. That I just have to say that at this point. So we have a lot, we had lots of music in our flat um, and a key, full keyboard, naturally. I mean, who doesn't? We had the baby grand out and a few martinis. No, it wasn't quite that. But um, we, uh, we pulled out a book, which was the last 20 years of pop, um, which I'd had because I'd had to do a Mamma Mia audition. Let's not talk about that. And I, we opened it at Papa Don't Preach. And I was like, we could, I mean, what if we sort of disguised this so people thought that it might be a musical song? What if we maybe did it like, opera or something and of course Matthew being Matthew just went oh you mean like this and played like an opera version of Papa Don't Preach immediately to which I immediately went Papa and we were off um and we just put together a few songs and we did it at this Battersea Barge and then um people just sort of went for it and then someone came over and was oh I've got a bar would you come and do a gig uh next week and we were like we're um bit busy next week um could we do it in maybe a month uh not letting on that we only had four songs so there was no way we could do another gig anywhere um and it just sort of rolled and from there and as soon as we realized that we sort of were getting the wind in our sails we were like well let's forget about proper jobs and art and you know a career of stardom because this is really really stupid and really fun and if we can do this for as long as possible we will be delighted with ourselves and here we are here like you 12 are. years later <laughs> and quite a ride you've been on as well i know you've done a fair few fringe festivals up in edinburgh and i played all around the world on radio one as well so you did a whole bunch of stuff with radio one yeah we did there was a brief period of time where yeah uh we just sort of kept uh bothering them uh <laughs> did a little a few live live appearances uh kept turning up um and uh yeah yeah so a lot of edinburgh's and uh we're just one of those kind of guys that just keep popping up like because we just sort of do what we do and for us as well, I think what's really important is that the joke is always the material, not the way you do it. Uh-huh. You know, because there's lots of ways of coming at musical comedy and it's there are lots of brilliant acts that are kind of terrible musicians, in inverted commas. They're probably very yeah. good musicians, but they're playing terrible musicians. But for us, it was always really important to be the best musicians that we could possibly be. We both come from um, loving huge musical theatre epic productions with dance and tight harmonies and spectacular arrangements and fantastic musicianship and performance. And we came from that world and we just didn't ever want to let any of that go. You know, we we're just like, we want it to be big. We want it to be good. We want it to feel amazing and slick, even though it's just, you know, two smart asses and a clunky keyboard. That's a direct quote from an earlier review. Um, and we, uh, <laughs> we, yeah. So, so I think, I hope 
we're kind of a safe pair of hands. We've we've all we just kind of keep going, I think, because at least people know, even if they don't have a clue why what we're doing is funny, it sounds very nice. It's a very enjoyable little strange concert. <laughs> <laughs> so of all the things you've done, if you had to pick one as like your career highlight, what do you reckon you go for? Oh, I think um there was shortly after we did Radio One, because obviously you don't go on Radio One without picking up a few fans. Oh, so we'd had this like huge exposure, which was fantastic. And so then the, the tour that we did towards the end of the year was our biggest tour. And um, we always did one of our biggest shows in London because that was where we were living at the time. Most of our friends were there. So it felt kind of home turf um, and we had a good, real big fan base there and so on that particular tour our London venue was the Shepherd's Bush Empire oh, wow. and you just can't play a huge historic amazing venue like that and it not be a career highlight not for sure I mean unless you're going to go on to play like Wembley <laughs> you know but at our level I think you know but I think even when you've played you know huge 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 places as well places that have such history in them because obviously it's a really old theatre so it would have had you know music hall and stuff in there so it's got that it's got the bones of it our entertainment and music and when you can see you know who has played at the shepherd's bush empire it's just it's it's absurd the range of artists that have done it um and it's such a privilege to be able to play and it's the sort of place as well where you walk out on the stage and you feel the tingles you can feel the vibrations of like all that has gone before you can smell most of what has gone before let's be honest it's a music venue but it's also just got that mm, and that's a very very exciting thing to do and uh yeah that was that was a that was a good one another exciting thing and we touched on earlier that there's a new project and we touched on the movies and that is of course the brand new show popcorn uh come in november of this year so a couple of weeks time tell us all about it yeah, so this is quite different for us. We've sort of done it backwards, where ordinarily we would rehearse for ages, write the show, try it out lots of places, take it to Edinburgh, take it on tour, take it around the world. And then the last thing we do is film it. And then we put it online, either for free because we were over it or, you know, ask people for a, a generous donation, which people very kindly do to the impoverished artists. Um, but with this one, um, we were approached by the Lawrence Batley Theatre in Huddersfield, who said, we are making digital work. Are you interested in making your next show digitally? And obviously oh. being, you know, what we've all just been through. Uh, sure. there, there's still, there was still some uncertainty about what would be allowed right now. Yeah. We're very grateful that there are still people going into theatres and that's a lovely thing and long may it last. But just in case, uh, we thought, yeah, and actually we've had this idea to make a show about movie music and movies. But when we were talking about uh, what we might do next and we're like, but it'd be so great to make it more visual and do more with it and we're thinking about how we do projection on stage and we're like but this feels like it's a this feels like it's a film it feels like it's a a thing you watch on a screen you know potentially and so when they approached us we were like well funnily enough yes we do have an idea that we think is going to be amazing and then we pitched it to them and they were like that's insanely ambitious we are totally in let's go this is ridiculous. There's no way we can do this with the budget that we have, but let's just try. And we found this incredible team. These guys, Superla up in Leeds, they are a phenomenal production team. And they were just like, listen, we don't care how long this takes. Let's just make it because it sounds fun. Um, and so there's all this energy and passion that's just gone into this thing. Um, so we did, it's part live show, filmed live show, but then it's part huge just a, a story the story of how we came to do the show as told via as many movie genres as we could possibly squeeze in okay um so it's sort of 
think sort of you know like the a good old French and Saunders movie parodies that they used to do, yeah. but with a fraction of the budget, um, <laughs> <laughs> but all the love. Um, and we just kind of go, we wend our way through many genres and have so much fun uh, playing around with with those tropes. And then also in the sort of live elements of it, really getting stuck into some of the ridiculousness that is in the movie music. Um, so it's essentially for anyone who's watched a film in the last 18 months, which I think is basically the entire population of the world. I think you might so, be right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was, it, was it difficult to narrow down the song selection? Because, I mean, there's a lot of big songs from films, right? It were, Yeah, it really was. And also because, you know, you've got to find your angle in there as well. And it was, again, do we come from the song and go into the song and go, OK, what's fun about this song? What's potentially odd or interesting about this song? Or, OK, we want to talk about this, which songs are going to work. So, for instance, we wanted to talk about Bond themes. You can't not sure. talk about Bond themes, let's be honest. Um, but with that one, obviously, the Bond music is so iconic. But then we're like, but what if there were other songs that were originally Bond themes, but we didn't know? So uh, that one was basically finding other songs that sound better than they do in the original form as a Bond theme. Um, uh. Highlights include Just a Little uh, by Liberty X, <laughs> makes a phenomenal Bond theme. Um, and of course, um, It Wasn't Me by Shaggy, superb. Yeah. Um, and Wannabe, all of those superior as Bond themes. So there you go. Fun fact. Amazing. And, and how can people get involved with the show itself? So it's digital. It's purely digital. You can do it from your own home. You can wear your Udi and sweatpants. And you uh, just go to the lbt.org forward slash popcorn. And you can buy your tickets there. So the way it works is you buy a ticket for your household. And then you have that link for 24 hours. So it's like a digital ticket, oh, okay. essentially. So the, C, the run, in inverted commas, is two weeks. So you, have, you buy your ticket for your day. So it's still kind of got a feeling of like event to it, but you don't have to get dressed and you bring your own <laughs> snacks. It's good. Amazing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we really would uh, love to see as many of you there as we could, because let's not forget, it's been a rough old time for us artists. And honestly, projects like this and the support of people, you know, uh, chipping in online to watch our nonsense has been literally life-saving. So thank you to everyone who has been participating and engaging with artists and getting involved in different ways of watching and uh, engaging and uh, chipping in a little bit of cash to do that. So thank you and please continue. Thank you, please, thank you. Now you know what time it is, don't you, Laura? It's time for you to tell me what is the worst gift you've ever been given. Right now, prepare yourself because this it, it's a bit of a, it's like it's quite emotional. Okay. So you know how I said when I was little, um, there was obviously the showbiz side, but there was also like the horsey side. Yes. So I, I loved ponies, but my parents could see that I was not the sort uh, that could keep animals alive. Uh, I had a hamster that lasted a really, you know, like RSPCA could have been involved short life. Okay. But I, I did my best, but I was not that <laughs> diligent. It had a happier short life. Anyway, um, I uh, so I wasn't permitted to have any sort of, you know, involvement hands on with the ponies necessarily, apart from going for my little riding lessons and kicking around stables and stroking police horses. Um, but I was happy to settle for a rocking horse. It's like I would love a little rocking horse to ride. It was on my Christmas list every year. Um, and then finally, when I was about six or seven years old, 
I mean, granted, that's not a lot of Christmas lists for the amount of time I've been writing. That's probably my second or something. But anyway, <laughs> uh, in my heart, it was on my list. Um, and my parents, I don't know why this was, but I think they told me that there was a rocking horse or something. Ah. But there was definitely the anticipation that there was going to be a rocking horse. And then I opened this gift and it was a rocking horse that was the size of sort of two hands width. Oh, it was no. an ornamental oh, no. <laughs> rocking horse. And it was beautiful. It was hand carved. It was hand painted, handcrafted, and so beautiful. I also wasn't allowed to touch it. Oh. So not only had I got a rocking horse that I couldn't ride, I also had a rocking horse I couldn't touch. And it just sat on a shelf in my room, taunting me with the one thing that I wanted but just wasn't allowed to have. And now it's still on display in my parents' house. And now my own two-year-old daughter looks up at it admiringly, constantly asking to play with the rocking horse. And I am passing this family trauma down saying, no, no, don't, no, you can't, you can't touch that rocking horse because that rocking horse is imbued with sadness and disappointment and no small amount of resentment. I love my parents. They're fantastic. They were amazing in so many ways, but that was, that was, that was cruel. That was cruel. I almost feel bad asking the question now. You've had to like relive that childhood trauma. Right? I almost feel bad. <laughs> Wrapping up, I have a couple of questions I ask everyone that comes on the show. Yes. So if you could go back to your childhood, and it could well be the rocking horse, if you could rescue, <laughs> if you could rescue a gift from your childhood you don't have now, what would you go back and rescue? Okay, firstly, we're taking a bat to the rocking horse, which is <laughs> smash that up for starters. Um, but no, and this is my this is this redeems my parents hugely. Uh, the present I would keep is a doll's house that my dad made from scratch. Oh wow! He made a doll's house. I had Barbies. I liked the Barbies when I was little. I had obviously far too many uh, with matted hair and no clothes. And um, he made a doll's house that was big enough for Barbies to go in because you don't get that. They're always for little things. So he made a Barbie sized doll's house with full electrical wiring, no. carpets. It was so amazing. Um, and we sort of donated it onto my cousin after I grew out of it. And then when she grew out of it, I think they just sort of got rid of it, donated it or whatever. Um, and I don't think they quite realized, you know, the attachment and the passion that we all felt for it so that was a very sad a sad thing and I might I know my daughter now would would love to have that so I'm gonna go and rescue the handmade doll's house absolutely and if you could go back to the beginning of your career and give yourself a gift to help to get where you are now what gift would you give yourself I would give myself a luxury tour bus nice because we've stayed in some places oh I bet and we have traveled in some vehicles there was one van where you could see the road like through the around space of the gearbox. Like it just, there was, the, the gearbox was too small for the hole, but it was like, it, but you could see the road. Like it, just, it no. was, it was, it was like we would on a ladder. There was some like chairs strapped to a ladder with some wheels on it and a van. It was like, it was so cold and awful and bumpy and terrible. Um, and our first Edinburgh, we stayed, um, <laughs> this is no lie. We stayed above a funeral parlor. No. Um, at the other end of Leithwalk, which is like a stretch from Edinburgh, um, uh, on a mattress with no bedclothes because the people renting it just didn't think that people would need bedclothes. And we were obviously too poor to like buy or invest in any of that. So we were just sleeping in our clothes on a bare mattress 
above a funeral parlor. So I would, I'd, I'd give myself a lovely, maybe like an airstream, even, you know what I mean? Nice. Like a real nice road sleeping situation that would, that would have made everything nice. <laughs> and finally, where can people find out more about you and what you do? So you can find us on all the socials, Frisky and Manish. So spellings are F-R-I-S-K-Y. And it's either an ampersand or an A-N-D, in case you need help with that one. And Manish is M-A-N-N-I-S-H. You can find us, of course, on Twitter and uh, Instagram and Facebook. And for more information about popcorn, that's thelbt.org forward slash popcorn. And we will see you there. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Laura, for coming on the show. It's been great to have you here. It's been so much fun. Thank you so very much. Thanks again for listening to this episode of You Really Shouldn't Have. Be sure to subscribe to us on your chosen podcast service to make sure you never miss another episode. You can find us on both Twitter and Instagram at Bad Gifts Pod, as well as online at badgiftspod.com. <laughs>